Happy 2017, everybody. Good morning. Uh, who uh, who does resolutions? Anybody? <laughs> so y'all y'all are part of that crowd, then, huh? Uh, I I honestly don't blame you uh, because at, at, at a certain point, if you live uh, long enough and you make enough resolutions and you fail hard enough, you get to the beginning of the next year and it becomes a little more difficult. Uh, to make them again, right? Um, so yeah, I, I was wondering, like, who does resolutions anymore? Haven't we failed enough at resolutions to have given up on them, right? Uh, but on the other hand, that doesn't seem completely right. Because saying, oh no, there are some, like maybe you saw some in your social media feed, like don't, don't do resolutions, do commitments. There's a big difference, apparently, between <laughs> resolutions and commitments. And if you think there is, but we can talk later so you can tell me. Um, don't or don't do resolutions at all. But that that seems like tantamount to um, don't try. You know, like don't don't uh, don't resolve in your will to be better or to grow. And that that seems kind of ridiculous too, right? Um, because we are growing. We do want to uh, give effort, become better people, right? Um, just uh, this last week on Wednesday. Uh, Paul and Barrett and I went to the Mount Carmel Retreat Center at the beginning of our ministry cycle at the, the spring and the fall like we always do to listen to God, to, to reflect on the past few months and to look forward to the next few months. And those kind of settings, where we, we, we don't call them resolutions, but we make goals, we, we resolve, we listen to God, and we anticipate what's coming. And there's something helpful about that. There's something fruitful about that. Um, and here we are at this genuine beginning. Um, it's a natural beginning point. It's a new year. And here we are thinking about, okay, where, I, where am I in my life? Uh, if you've got the headspace even to think about that, what do I want to do in this next year? And there's some, there's some help in, um, in thinking about that. But as I thought about resolutions, um, I wonder if there's, maybe there are several things missing, but I wonder if there's one thing in particular uh, missing when it comes to resolutions. If, if, that if before resolutions, what we really need are affirmations. Um, because resolutions um, are about what we're not, and affirmations are about who we are. Um, a, uh, resolutions are something we're not yet, uh, affirmations are about something that's, that's already true about us. So perhaps what we need before we resolve to do different, to be different, to grow, perhaps we need to hear who we are. We need to affirm our identity. That affirmation is what grounds us. It is what motivates us. It's what sustains us when we get in the trenches on day three of our goals, and we've forgotten them already, right? So um, this morning, it's going to be a little different. It'll be uh, short and sweet, and I say that it'll probably be three hours or something. Uh, uh, but it, it'll be short and sweet. What I want to do is offer some New Year's affirmations. I want to speak over you some truth about who you are and who we are that hopefully will... Undergird you. I don't know about you, uh, but sometimes Julie and I, who is 
um, not here with me this morning. She got snowed in coming back home from a trip. And so I'm flying solo this morning. Lord help me. Because <laughs> I got three kids. Uh, uh, and so this, is, this uh, line of thought is quite pertinent. Because I was going to talk about how sometimes we have this, these moments where we kind of freak out a little bit. I don't know if that ever happens to you. <laughs> uh, but, but life gets overwhelming. Uh, there are bills to be paid. There are deadlines to meet. And we freak out a little bit and think like, uh, how are we ever going to do this? And how, are this, how is this ever going to work out right? And it usually happens to one or the other of us. And, and the other is kind of like a tether, like, oh, wait, come on back now. You know, like, come on back down to earth. And the way that one of our strategies for doing that is, uh, I, I wouldn't have called it that, but it's, but, it, but it's living into these affirmations. It's reminding ourselves, okay, let's take a deep breath. Let's remember who we are. Let's give thanks for that, right? Because Thanksgiving helps us to remember where we're at. It orients us to what's good around us. So these affirmations kind of uh, function similarly. They, they tether us to reality so that when we start to run, um, they, they, they keep us on the ground when we hit hardship, when we hit struggle, when, when, when the, the, the real meets the ideal um, and they have a, a collision course in our life. So these affirmations are inspired by this text in Matthew 3, uh, because in Matthew 3, you know, Jesus is being baptized and this is a beginning for Jesus. So I was curious to look at this text and to imagine what does Jesus beginning have to say about our beginnings as well. And so these uh, these affirmations, some of them more pointedly than so uh, than others, are inspired by this story about Jesus. The first affirmation. Oh, I'll get the clicker. You are anointed. You are anointed. As soon as Jesus was baptized, chapter three, verse sixteen. He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Jesus was anointed uh, by the Holy Spirit at the beginning of his ministry. And this this metaphor of anointing goes back to the days of the kings. When they were commissioned for their work as a king, they were anointed with oil. They poured a big old thing of oil over their heads. And it it was a symbol of the Holy Spirit of God coming on them, covering them, preparing them for the task ahead. And this is what happens for for Jesus in this text. And as followers of Jesus... It's what happens to us. It's it's not sometimes we talk about, oh, that that guy's anointed as in they're special or set apart. Sometimes that's true, certainly. But the, the truth is the real affirmation is that all of you who are in Christ are anointed. God is on you. Ephesians chapter one says, and you are also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. 
to the praise of his glory. Can you can you wrap your mind around that? Uh, The spirit of God is on you. The spirit of God is in you. The home address of the God of the universe is within you, which means you have divine power and love accessible to you in these deep waters within your soul. You have limitless potential and strength because of the spirit's residence in your life, in your heart. You are anointed. Affirmation number two, you are loved. Verse 17, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. The father tells Jesus how much he loves him right on the front end of his ministry. The same way that the father tells us that he loves us. Ephesians 2, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, makes us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Uh, It is by grace that we have been saved. God loves you. He loves us completely. There is nothing that you can do to make God love you more than God currently does. Right now, there is nothing you can do, no sin you can commit to make God love you less than God currently does. God's love for you is full and complete. It overcomes your sins. It is grace and mercy for you. And it never changes. Nothing can stop that or change that. You can rest in that right now. That you are totally and completely loved. You don't have to strive for that. You don't have to accomplish anything for that. You don't have to get a certain percentage of your resolutions for that. You are perfectly and wonderfully loved right now. Amen. Affirmation number three. You don't have to be afraid. This is the most common, most popular uh, phrase in the Bible. Hundreds of times it appears. Do not be afraid. Usually followed by some version of because I'm with you. For you guys, it's because you're anointed. Because you are loved. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of the bills that face you. Or the medical exams that are coming up. Or, or school tests, or what people are going to think about you, or relationships that are struggling. You don't have to be afraid about any of that, because the God of the universe is in your court. The God of the universe knows every hair on your head. The God of the universe walks with you through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't have to be afraid. First John chapter four, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Second Timothy one seven for God hasn't given us given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. 
You don't have to be afraid about what lies ahead in 2017. Affirmation number four. You have nothing to prove. Maybe some of you, the ambitions run high. You've got the five-year plan or the ten-year plan. Um, you, uh, um, you have got something you feel like you have to prove. And sometimes when, uh, when we're on that path, the pressure can run high, right? Because we feel like other people are watching us. We're watching us. And if we stumble or fall or make a mistake... Uh, it uh, it doesn't go well. We we end up in a in a heaping burning mess of a pile on the floor somewhere. In the kingdom of God, as children of God, you have nothing to prove. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to prove yourself to God because God loves you perfectly already. You don't have to prove yourself to others. Romans says we are. Heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If you are a co-heir of all the spiritual blessings in the universe, uh, if, if you are in relationship with the creator of the universe, who do you really have to prove yourself to? Right. You know, the owner, you're good. We don't have to prove ourselves. We don't we don't have to be driven by a need uh, for other people to approve us, approve of us. It's fascinating that in this text about Jesus, that God affirms Jesus before he goes to the wilderness, before he feeds the five thousand, before he drives out the demons, before he goes to the cross before he's raised from the dead, before Jesus ever does anything miraculous, before he preaches the most famous sermon that's ever been preached, he goes into that with affirmation. He goes into that knowing that he doesn't have to prove himself because he is right and good with God. The temptation is, rather than uh, working out of affirmation, we work for affirmation. We work in pursuit of affirmation rather than from the affirmation that we've already received. And that's a very different kind of mentality. We don't have to prove ourselves in the kingdom of God. Number five. You are a new creation. Do you feel like a new creation? I know my body feels a little run down. My knees do not feel like a new creation. But it's interesting. Paul, uh, Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. Paul doesn't say become a new creation. Paul says you are a new creation. Now, what Paul does say is become who you are. Yeah. So he starts with what's true about us. We are new creations in Christ. So 2017 is not becoming something different from ourselves as much as realizing who we really are. It is because it's living into the new creation that we are in Christ, living into the new person that's been put on by the spirit of God. You are a masterpiece. You are God's craftsmanship. You are new. You are alive. You are reconciled to God. And you are becoming who you are. 
by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit within you. You only need to cooperate with it. By all means, make goals, make resolutions, uh, make plans, strive in the best sense of the word to, to be the best version of yourself, to be more like the image of the Son, Jesus, by the, the power of the, the Holy Spirit within you. But please do that out of these affirmations. Don't do them for these affirmations. Don't do them without these affirmations. Do them out of these affirmations that you are anointed, you are loved, you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to prove anything, and you are a new creation. If you find yourself in one of those freak out moments this week, this month, this year, I want to invite you to join me and make this your mantra. Make this the breath prayer that you pray to God, the way that you you orient to center, the way that you remind yourself about what is true. This doesn't mean that we don't struggle, that we don't doubt or vacillate, but this is part of what helps us remember in faith that this, this is who we are. This is what's true about us and the God who loves us. I am anointed. I am loved. I don't have to be afraid. I have nothing to prove. I am a new creation. Would you say that with me? I am anointed. I am loved. I don't have to be afraid. I have nothing to prove. I am a new creation. Let's say it all together. We are anointed. We are loved. We don't have to be afraid. We have nothing to prove. We are a new creation. Amen and amen. Let's open our hearts to God in silence to listen for what he might have for us. Join me in this prayer, if you would. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. as We forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.